There are few things that make people successful. Taking a step forward to change their lives is one successful trait, but it takes some time to get there. How do you move forward to greet the success that awaits you? Welcome to Next Steps Forward with host Chris Meek. Each week, Chris brings on another guest who has successfully taken the next steps forward. Now, here is Chris Meek. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Next Steps Forward. I'm your host, Chris Meek. Our focus is on personal empowerment, commitment to well-being, and the motivation to achieve more than ever thought possible. I'll host leaders from the worlds of business, philanthropy, sports, entertainment, politics, and public policy on the show to talk about the ingredients for a better life for every American. We have another amazing guest this week who knows all about personal empowerment and how to get from where she is to where she wants to be. I am thrilled to have WWE superstar Lacey Evans, the lady of WWE, with us this week. Lacey has served our country in the United States Marine Corps, launched a successful construction company while she was still in the military, funded professional calling in sports entertainment, and became an internationally recognized celebrity all by the age of 30. Lacey Evans is with us for the entire program today to share her incredible story and, dare I say, to help us wrestle some big topics to the mat. Lacey Evans, welcome to Next Steps Forward. Thank you for having me, Chris. No, thrilled to have you here. Uh, first, I love the background, so uh, it truly says a lot about who and what you are. So you've got, <laughs> got a much better studio than I do, better props. Oh, thank you, thank you. So we're going to dig into a lot of questions during the program, but I have to ask an opening question that, uh, quite frankly, I haven't asked any guests before, uh, and I doubt I'll have the opportunity to ask again. Uh, what's it like to have an action figure in your very own likeness? Oh, my gosh. Uh, speaking of that, I have it right here. I'm holding it. Um, it's just crazy, you know, uh, especially having a daughter um, to be able to have like a little action figure that she could be like proud of and play with. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm beside myself. A lot of things that I've accomplished in WWE and just throughout my life thus far. This is probably one of the craziest because I can kind of hold it in my hand and my family, just seeing their faces when they see this is just, it's worth every, every bit of hard work I've put in. So, uh, yeah, it's crazy, man. <laughs> well, I'm definitely have to go on Amazon after this and get one to add to my, uh, my studio collectibles here on the desk. You know, but, but looking at that and holding it, like you said, you know, being a role model for your daughter and for others, how does that make you stay grounded after just seeing and holding that? Um, I mean, I think that that honestly is what makes me stay grounded. You know, a lot of times you hear, you know, when you get famous, people change and this and that. But, um, you know, seeing my face be put on a platform such as this with uh, action figures and and signs and, you know, shirts and just everything that, that they, they're creating of me. And even when fans, you know, take the time. Today I posted something a fan made. Um, it's like a TikTok and it's like, you nasty this and nasty that, which is a phrase that I use all the time. Um, that's what makes me stay grounded. Um, the letters that I receive from fans and how I've helped them throughout my short career so far uh, is what helps me stay grounded. Um, and, you know, looking at my daughter and, and seeing her play with all this stuff and seeing her be by my side throughout all these little accomplishments and uh, that helps me stay grounded because she looks at me in awe and the fans write me and what they say is they're all in awe of what where I've come from and what I've accomplished. And 
to me, that just keeps me going. It keeps me motivated because I know that I'm doing my job, not only as a mother, but as a famous person, because the minute you get on a platform like this, it is your priority to make a positive impact. I don't care who you are. I don't care what job you have. If God puts this in your hands, if you are selected for some reason to receive this much light and this much like this big of a platform, you have to do something with it positively. It is your, it's your job. And I firmly believe that. So I'm just blessed that I get to continue to do just that. You know, you talk about staying grounded and it's your job. You've got a lot of different jobs going on and you talk about things that you receive from your fans and, and your followers. How do you find the time to, to respond to the followers and your, your fans and, you know, show them that you're listening, show them that you care, show them that you appreciate what they're doing. You know, where does that fall in terms of a daily routine or priority for you? I mean, it's hard, but it falls very highly because like I said, uh, I have a priority. Um, I never once growing up thought that I'd be famous. But one thing I did know is that I wanted to do as much as I could for other people and show the world, it does not matter where you come from, that you are capable of doing anything. Um, So, like I said, when it comes to priorities, that is one of mine. So I try to use social media because I'm, I'm on it regardless. That's part of my job. So what I've created is a social media that... Everybody across the board from people, women who are interested in beauty and and lights, camera action and the physical stuff, the military stuff and the motivational stuff. Mothers who are exhausted beyond belief, um, they too can come to my social media and be like, damn, she can do it. We can do it. They can do it. We can all do it because, you know, what, Lacey Evans is doing it. Um, And I do it one day at a time. So what I do in order to respond and keep them included is my social media, not only just my posts, but cameos and Patreon accounts and just every way possible for them to kind of come into my life and see how I do what I do on an intimate, personal level. So that way they understand that life is not perfect, that it is hard and you will go through hell regardless of who you are. But you have to keep going. You have to break the cycle and every day wake up and figure out how you're going to do that. How are you going to stay positive and make the best out of this day? And uh, I use my, my platform, my social media, and I love the letters. The fan letters, honestly, um, they motivate the hell out of me because I feel like that's even more personal. So they send them to the PC, the Performance Center in Orlando, and I make sure I get every one of them. I read every one of them and respond to every one of them. So um, that's just another way for me to, to let them know and for them to hear my voice that, that they are capable of anything they set their mind to. Well, you've got a, a tremendous platform and for who and what you are and what you stand for. And, you know, I'm listening to you now. And when I grew up, I'm going to show my age now, but, you know, when WWE was there, was WWF at the time, uh, you know, it was Bob Backlund and Sergeant Slaughter and Andre the Giant. And so having someone, watching WWE over the last, I'll say, 10 years, uh, evolve and grow into this, this massive enterprise. And again, using that word platform, using that platform, uh, you know, the John Cena's of the world yourself, they're out there doing all these incredible, tremendous things. And so I don't think a lot of folks out there who don't watch WWE realize that. And so appreciate you being here today just to give us the opportunity to help you amplify your voice and who and what you are. And, and quite frankly, what WWE is, is doing as well. So thank you again. Thank you for having me, Chris. I really appreciate this. You talked earlier about uh, your childhood very briefly, and your biography notes that you had a very challenging, you know, maybe a more accurate word could be a difficult childhood. Could you share some of those experiences with us, please? 
Absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm an open book, Chris. Uh, some things are harder to talk about than others, but who would I be if I didn't tell my story? That way, all those out there that are suffering or hurt or confused or, you know, can't hear it and say, you know what, I've been there or I'm there or, you know, just the motivation behind it. Because, you know, when people look at me and everybody out there listening, Lacey Evans, WWE superstar, Google it and look it up because it'll pop up this beautiful <laughs> blonde haired, blue eyed, red lip, confident as ever woman. But what you, they do not see, what they don't realize is where I've come from and what I've been through to be that woman. And, you know, the makeup and the dresses and the high heels, they're only skin deep. Um, because like when it comes to mental health, you know, you can't see that, you know, you could see physical, you know, ailments, um, you know, broken arms and broken legs, but you can't see broken hearts and broken minds. And so many people out there are struggling and dealing with that every day. Uh, parents and children. And, you know, I grew up, uh, I was born in Georgia and uh, my parents struggled with addiction and depression, uh, anger, mental health, my entire life. I grew up with, uh, there were seven siblings and we moved around a lot. My father did construction, hence my construction trade. Um, and life was very, very rough. You know, when, when you've got parents who are supposed to love and support you, but they are dealing with their own demons every day with the addiction and the depression, um, they don't always make the best choices. And uh, the children are the ones that are, have to suffer and grow up from that. So, you know, the things that I've saw between the drugs and the mental health, the only thing that I knew for sure is what I did not want to be is the lifestyle I did not want to have. I had no idea what the hell I wanted. But when I woke up in the morning and I saw my father high and flopped over and my mother was nowhere to be found um, and my siblings were going through hell in their own minds and trying to navigate and figure out a way to be the women that they want to be without the role models that we need. I was a child and I knew very, very soon, looking at all this, the smell of the drugs and <clears throat> And the pain, the physical pain and the mental pain of the mental health that my parents struggled with, I took all that in and I knew what I did not want to, to be. I knew how I did not want to live. Um, there was, you know, and I tell this story to motivate all those kids out there who feel like, you know, they, they want to become something and they want to accomplish something, but, you know, they don't have the, the tools in their toolbox. They don't know, you know, they don't have the parents out there that are going to set the proper example. Let me tell you something. Even as a young child, you know, I was in sports and I think that everybody asks me all the time, Chris, how did you make it? How did you become the woman that you are today, knowing what you've been through? And honestly, if I, if I, if I had to guess, if I had to tell you why I think it is uh, staying busy, you know, even as a young child, I was in softball, you know, sports, very proud of myself, um, very hardworking child. And I remember, you know, getting off the school bus, going to school um, and then going to sports training. You know, you, you don't got to catch the bus. You just walk right over and you start training for softball and then not having a ride home. My parents nowhere to be found. And here I am, this uh, middle school kid. And it started to rain, Chris. And that the, between for being forgotten about and the rain and my socks are now wet and I have to walk home and I have all these parents saying, you know, do you need a ride? And I'm like, oh, no, no. And I, I always told them I'm training, you know, I'm trying to work on my my, you know, my runnings. And it was all a lie. And I was so embarrassed. But, Chris, I had to continue. 
in the next day for school. So I walked all the way home and I'm like so upset. And I remember getting to the front door and I walk in the door and I'm, I'm like, I'm not, why, why would I even continue? Why would I continue to go to practice and to continue to train? I'm only middle school and they don't care. Why should I, you know, why should I care? Why should I go back? But Chris, I went back and every day I continue to go back. And I never knew if I was going to have a ride home. I didn't know, but I knew that I was going to be present right then and there. And I was going to push through. And because I made that decision over and over and over again in my life, I am who I am today. And I can do what I can do proudly and confidently and not be broken down. So many people are scared of, of many things, but I'm not because I I've, I've been at rock bottom and I know that no matter what I go through in life, if I have to walk home in soaking wet socks, damn it, I'm going to walk home, but I will show up to train the next day, no matter what. And I think that if that mindset, if people would just start to think in those terms, you know, you can't be, you can only be knocked down if you don't get back up. And I think that that was what saved me is I just kept, I, I showed up and I was present no matter what. No matter what cards were stacked against me, I played the game. I picked them up and I did the best that I could with what I had. That is truly uh, an incredible story. And thank you for sharing those details. I didn't know most of that, quite frankly. Uh, and I know sometimes it can be challenging and difficult to, to go back and, and relive that. You know, you talk about mental health. You, you mentioned broken hearts and broken minds. You talk about addiction, depression. Those are things, you know, your story, unfortunately, is not that uncommon. Um, I have some similarities to that. And so, you know, how do you keep motivating people? How do you, again, amplify, especially mental health? You know, that's something that people don't like to talk about. Uh, They they feel that there's a stigma associated with that. You know, and now, especially with COVID-19, we're all anxious. We're all experiencing some form of depression. There have been several studies done in the U.S. where anywhere between a third to 40% of Americans are feeling some sort of anxiety and or depression. And those, quite frankly, are the ones that are admitting to it. You know, again, the stigma, people say, oh, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm just going to go hide over here or grab another cocktail or whatever. You know, are you seeing yourself as a role model in that sense in terms of not going down that path of um, mental health problems or, or, or issues? You know, not going down the path of drugs because they're available to you. Um, you know, basically using, bottling up everything that's happened to you and now turning into a positive. I mean, that's just phenomenal. And, you know, are you going to continue to amplify that message? Absolutely. And, you know, there has been a spike in depression and I mean, even suicides, uh, Chris, Mm -hmm. if you really want to know the truth and not just for veterans, but civilians because of the situation that we're going through right now. And if I, and same thing, if I were to the, the advice that I would give, because somebody who suffers with depression and anger myself, um, every day you have to face it. You know, the first the first step in, in fixing a problem is admitting that you have one. And if you sit there and look within yourself and your feelings, that's a, people, like you said, they they hide it. They ball it up and throw it away. But what that's the worst thing you can do because that cloud continues to grow and grow. And there's nothing that you're going to be able to do about it unless you at first say, okay, I'm I'm effed up. I am messed up. So and it could be small. Don't wait till that cloud starts raining because those days that you can't get out of bed, there's those days that you can't even get up to get a cup of coffee to start your day. That is when you need to say to yourself, okay, 
I need to take a deep breath. I need to realize that I'm not okay. I'm not happy. I'm, I'm angry. I'm ang- anxious, whatever it may be. And then you need to take a step forward of how to face that. And sometimes it is just physically getting up and stepping out of the bed and getting that cup of coffee and taking those deep breaths. But I promise you sitting there and wallowing in it is becoming a victim of your circumstance. And I'm not a doctor, Chris, by no means, but I know firsthand what it feels like to be so, and I'm about to get upset because like two days ago I was there and I'm a WWE superstar, damn it. Why should I be upset? Because our brain can't help it because we, everything can be fine. And all of a sudden you, you're, you are just so angry for no reason that you just snap, but it, it's normal. And it, everything, there's nothing to hide from that. You, you, what you need to do is accept it, verbally t- talk to yourself and say, look, I'm gonna fix this. And then I start with the coffee and the gardening and the color therapy, the scent therapy, the music, light the candles, start to clean the house. Look around you at what is bringing you down, what is upsetting you. Hell, sometimes it's just a dirty house, Chris. But you know what? Because we're so anxious and and upset, we can't even make that first step to clean the house because we won't even admit that we've got a problem. So just that's the first step is admitting that there's a problem so you can fix it. And and it may be medication for some people. It may be counseling and doctors, and that's okay. As as long as you make the step to get to the doctors and, and do the counseling and take the medication, that's fine. But in some people, all it is is a candle and some music. Some people, all it is is a strong cup of coffee and a walk outside to get you back to where you need to be and goals. Stay busy, you guys. It doesn't matter if it's journaling, if it's a a job trying to better yourself. If you don't have a goal in life, this is my opinion, like I said, I'm not a doctor, but I know what has worked for me. And somebody who has struggled and watched my family literally take their last breaths because of mental health, staying busy and goal-oriented can help you tremendously. You know why? Because you're always working on something. Those days I didn't have a ride home, I didn't give a shit, Chris, because I was working on something and I didn't know what it was. But little did I realize, it was just getting to the next practice. It was making that home run. And one thing led to another. And before you knew it, I was a state champion in high school. I was a, a college graduate. I was an honor grad out of, out of military, the only female out of men and women to be the honor graduate and the only female on a SWAT team, all because I did not let wet socks and parents who never showed up to stop me. So you have to stay goal-oriented and keep working. You're incredible. Sorry. That's okay. We're doing it too. It's okay. You're with family here. You talked about taking a step forward. You talked about fixing this. You enlisted the Marines at the age of 19, you know, and maybe not to sound like an armchair psychologist, but many people from broken homes and, and difficult childhoods just naturally gravitate to, to the military, you know, and is there potentially because of, there's a greater sense of purpose and belonging. You, know, you gave us, you know, quite a bit about your background and upbringing, but what led you to joining the military? Oh, um, Honestly, it was the structure. It was the fact that, like I said, I knew what I didn't want to be, but I didn't have those positive role models. And I, um, 
I knew I did make a decision because um, when it comes to drugs and addiction and mental health, at some point you find yourself enabling the ones you love because you, because you love them so much and you're always there. And I found myself like following my family and, and I was moving around and changing my colleges to, to be closer to them, to be able to help my dad and pick him up when he was down and whenever he was high and angry. And no matter what I did, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink, Chris. And I found myself doing everything I can and, and falling apart to keep the ones that I love the most together and um, I knew that the military would uh, do uh, many things. Uh, first and foremost, show me the role models that I needed. Those motivators, those driven, um, hard-charging individuals. Um, but also, once you sign that dotted line, Chris, you can't just keep running back and, and being there for, for your family. And that was the hard, one of the hardest things that I had to make um, a decision on because I knew that I would be leaving to um, find the life and, and impact the people that I needed to, that, that needed it the most, that would actually listen. And um, obviously be, becoming a military police officer to stop the threats and to, like I said, be there for those that needed it the most was um, just a, a positive uh, for that. So, you know, that's why I chose not only the military, but the Marine Corps. It was, uh, according to them, it was the hardest branch you could choose. You, it would, it would be the most challenging, and um, and I want, I wanted the most challenging. I wanted to, to be able to be proud of something that I did and find the the most motivated individuals um, to not only set the proper example for me, but for me to be a part of. Uh, in order to set the proper example for, for other people in the world. So. And so you talk about the structure involved with it. Did you enlist in the military before school, before college? Was it simultaneous? Did you use the GI bill afterwards? Um, I haven't used the GI bill. I uh, got a college degree while I was in, I got a bachelor's degree, but I joined when I was 19. I had done over a year of, of college um, and I joined out of Louisiana. Uh, that's where my father lived at the time with my siblings. And, um, and so once I joined, I, you know, became a military police officer and um, uh, used what credits I could of the, the college credits I already had and uh, put them towards a health administration management degree. Um, and I finished um, with a bachelor's degree while active duty. In your spare time, you just decided to finish your college degree, just something else to... Uh to check off on your resume. Incredible yeah, resume, I, say. yeah, I had to, you know, um, I, I wanted to prove to myself that, that I, I was capable of doing something in my life. And like I said, I never planned to be famous, Chris, that was never a goal. Um, I just knew that I wanted to push myself. And when I became a mom, um, you know, uh, showing her that school was one of the th many things that you can do if you set your mind to it. And obviously success will follow with, and it does, you don't have to have a college degree to get success, but damn it, you have to work hard and have to have goals. And so I just set one goal after a next that have not stopped and I will not stop. That I know. I think our listeners have learned that pretty quickly about you. During your time in the Marine Corps, you served as military police and on the special reaction team. How'd you make those choices or did the Marines help navigate you in terms of what you were going to do while, while enlisted? Um, well, I mean, they don't really navigate you. They just give you the tools needed to do what it is that you want. You know, um, 
And I'm a military police officer. I was very proud of that. Uh, I went to school in Missouri, Fort Underwood, Missouri, and I graduated top of my class, um, honor grad. And then I went and got stationed in Paris Island, South Carolina. And uh, that's where I learned about a special uh, unit, um, like the SWAT team. And there was very few. It was just all men in these big jumpsuits. And, like, you know, they they just look like some badass son of a guns. And um, I was like, I want to be a part of that. I don't know how. I don't know if I have what it takes, but I'm going to find out. And I asked around. And it was very hard because, you know, they they don't there's not females on the SWAT team at Paris Island. Like, and, um, I had just had a baby and I was still breastfeeding. Chris, we're about to get a little personal here, but that was one of the obstacles, one of many that I was facing. So, um, I had a lot of work. I had, I had to prove to them that I had what it, what it takes to be part of the SWAT team and, uh, not only breastfeeding and pumping, uh, saving my milk and getting back out there with a rifle slung across my chest and a pistol on my hip. Um, and that was probably one of the hardest things was, you know, being the mom my daughter needed uh, at such a young age, but also being the Marine that them that, that the men needed on the team. Uh, so I juggled both, but I ended up proving to them that I had everything that it took to make entry and support and defend and protect the, my brothers next to me and be on the SRT, the SWAT team. Um, so, yeah, that was probably one of my proudest moments was, you know, uh, pumping, getting the milk out of me, grabbing my weapon and getting back in the fight and showing them that uh, getting my milk to my baby and getting the, my gun up and, and supporting my my brother. So that was pretty funny. You know, at the time they, they laugh at me now, but you know, you're capable, like I said, you're capable of anything. It's, um, you know, I've got a lot of title I hold and I'm in being a mother is, you know, my most important and being on the SRT, it created a better life for your family. I mean, a little more dangerous or whatnot, but you know, you can make anything happen, no matter what you're facing. And, and you, you know, the struggle and the juggles are going to be different, but you just have to take it one day at a time, one obstacle at a time. And that's what I did. I figured I had roughly five to 10 minutes to, uh, of a break throughout the day to get that milk out. So I divided that by two and I had two five minute pumping sessions, honey. And before I needed to get back in the fight, I made that happen, threw it in the refrigerator, got back in there. And, um, before you know it, I was, uh, gladly uh accepted onto the team <laughs> well, for, for those who haven't seen your twitter account uh now i know why you've got the rosie the, rosie the riveter uh icon for yourself so fantastic choice but i love it i love it thank you thank you you, know, you, you talked about the srt the special reaction team what sort of training and requirements go in, goes into being a part of that team we all know how rigorous it is but you could give a couple details oh absolutely so the first thing i would i would um point out People think guns and shooting and, and tactical ability. And yes, that's so true. That's so true. And we train that so much. But the mindset, you would be so surprised to know what kind of mindset you have to have in order to make a decision at any given time with physical, mental, emotional screwed on you. So that was one of the funnest things that I, you know, because growing up in a, in a rough childhood, a rough upbringing, um, one thing that I knew that I could handle was a lot of mental pressure, emotional and physical strain and pressure. And so that I find colors, you know. Um, so uh, some of the training would be, um, I don't know if you know, sim rounds. So it's like paintball, but on steroids, because they're metal, they're metal bullets that'll hit you and you have to but with building after looking at blueprints and you have to stop any given threat and you don't know where they're at. And, and so uh, one of the fun things was they would throw things at you, loud noises, um, 
uh, lights being out, even down to fires, you know, the, 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 the heat of the fire and the loud, the radios and the, the, it was just crazy. And you had to go in there and you had to make the best decision that you possibly could from trigger control to threat and, and get out of there and, you know, and get the job done, depending if it was a hostage, if it was a barricaded suspect and you have to make all these decisions and physically make, not only mentally make a decision, but you got to verbally make a decision. You have to physically freaking make, you know, rather you pull the trigger, rather you still, you know, and I think that that was the coolest part was, it was all that coming at me. And I was like, you know what? I have this because I remember, you know, being five-year-old me, you know, going through my hell of a life and like having to, even as a child be like, all right, look, this is what I'm going through, but you know what? I got to make a decision. And that's another thing back life, man. Sometimes when life hits you, the best thing you could do is just make a decision don't give up and waller in your self-pity like and i that i think that that's why i i did so good in the swat team the srt was because damn it i was going to make a decision no matter what because you don't have a choice you you do you do have a choice you could sit there and in waller in whatever situation you're in or you could take a deep breath and make a decision but make one make one and commit to it. And hopefully after you listen to this podcast, you make a positive one, one that you're going to work towards and, and work on because Lord knows if you make a negative one and if you just sit there and decide not to get up, not to make that physical change or that to break the cycle, you're going to be right where you've always been and not go anywhere not, not stop the threat, not accomplish anything. That's the problem. You, that pe- a lot of people have, they, they don't, they're scared to, or they don't want to, or, you know, they're victims of their circumstance. And that is, that's one of the most saddest things I think I, I see when it comes to mental health. You're listening to Next Steps Forward. I'm Chris Meek with the incredible lady of the WWE, Lacey Evans. We'll be right back after this break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit VoiceAmerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. The White House doctor makes house calls. Listen every week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. Dr. Connie has served as the White House physician under three U.S. presidents. Now she joins the Voice America Empowerment Channel to help you enrich yourself physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Our guests will include professionals from a variety of fields who will bring you tips that you can apply to your own life. Listen for House Calls with Dr. Connie every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We hear, just be you, a lot these days. But who are you? 
what is an authentic life? The answer to these questions and more will be answered on The Authentic Living Show, hosted by Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of today's spiritual, psychological experts and will provide her own wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your I am. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Listening to Next Steps Forward. To reach Chris Meek or his guest on the show today, please call in to 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. Or send an email to Chris at nextstepsforward.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back, everybody. Glad you're joining us again later on today. Uh, again, we've got the incredible lady of the WWE, Lacey Evans. Thank you again for joining us today, Lacey. Thank you for having me, Chris. Before the break, we were talking about your, your military career. Uh, but what we didn't talk about when you're in the Marines is that you opened up your own construction company. You know, I don't think I've ever heard of someone in the military starting their own side gig while in uniform. You know, I guess maybe, first of all, how common is that? You know, how did you find the time for that and how did you get permission? Um, I mean, I really didn't need permission because my husband, uh, who I've been with since I was 15 years old, um, he was a, he, so he does construction his whole life. Uh, he actually worked with my dad back when I was younger and very, very good at what he does. Very hands-on. Um, the only thing he didn't have was the admin side and how to do the bids and type up the proposals and make sure that, you know, we were straight on the, the emails and everything. So I was like, well, you know, how come you don't, how about we just start a company that way you can go out and we can make this work. And so he went to school and got his general contractor's license in order to start his own uh, uh, construction company. And I did all the paperwork. And next thing you know, like we started literally Chris on Craigslist before, you know, before he got his license and we were just doing handyman side work. And I would make sure all the jobs are lined up and everything squared away. And he would go down there with what little tools we had. And um, we would knock out one small job at a time until we realized, like, it's it's needed in this military town. So um, we started uh, with our own website. And next thing you know, we got him his his license and and we got a construction name. We got it LLC'd. And then it just went from there to the point where I was, like, almost full-time running you know, that side of things and getting the bids and propose, like we couldn't keep up with it. And so he, you know, it just really took off. And so, you know, I didn't really need permission because technically my husband was the one out there ha- hammering and nailing away. I would just be uh, boots on deck, making sure the trailers were accounted for and, and things were taken off. And, you know, so it was fun and it's something that he's good at and we, we love to do. And my father, like I said, did construction. So it wasn't too far out of my realm of what I'm used to. And what do you attribute to the success of the company? Perseverance? Um, 
you know, just remember that goal-oriented mindset. You know, one thing I've always thought is why can other people be successful? Why, what, why not me? Why is it that you can go and see all these construction signs and, you know, superstars and just successful college graduates? Like, what makes them different from me? Why can't I? And so I just always tell myself that. Like, why can't I be successful? What is it that, what are they doing that I can't? And I figured out, you know, and there's nothing that there's no reason why. And this is for everybody out there listening that you can't accomplish something your damn self. And so it was just funny that I would be driving around town and I would see the construction permit signs out front. And I'd see, you know, this, uh, a small uh, um, labors out there working and thinking my husband could run circles around them. And I know exactly how to set it up to where we could pull the same permits and get the same job done. And so I, one step at a time, one, one check mark, what do I got to do to get this running? Check that off. What do I got to do to get my first job? Check that off. What do I got to do to make sure, you know, and then before I knew it, I was doing all those checking marking boxes and my signs were out in the front. And I, I had a group of laborers out on each jobs running three at a time. And, um, and it's just in my husband, I mean, the support of that man and the hard work and People, you know, they see my face on TV, but they don't realize the impact and the support that I have from him since I was 15 years old. And uh, that's a whole story in itself. Like we've been through hell, but I've been, he's been by my side through every bit of it. It was during your time in the Marine, the Marine Corps that you were in, introduced into wrestling. You know, how did that right. come about and, and what drew you to wrestling? Um, actually. Yeah, I had no idea anything about it. I, you know, growing up, obviously my life was not sitting around the, around the TV with grandma and grandpappy watching wrestling. Like I didn't have that life. So, um, I was 24, I think by the time I realized in a staff sergeant did what I thought was backyard wrestling. And, um, I went to a marriage retreat, uh, through the Marine Corps. Yeah. Another mental health, um, anything I can do to fix my brain, honey, I was doing it. And one thing I could say is when it comes to mental health, marriages take an ass kicking, especially when you've got both parties involved that have something going on up there that needs to be addressed or even one. And so we would, um, the Marine Corps, thank God, military are very, very supportive for marriages and family. And they offer counseling and marriage retreats and sessions to make sure that you have outlets to reach out to. One, and this is off topic, Chris, but let me say this because it pisses me off. When you're driving down the road and you see those signs, $99 divorces, you ever seen those? Like mm -hmm. I get so aggravated because $99 isn't much, but take that money and try to get counseling. Like, don't give up. I like, instead of divorces, can't you put counseling on there? And, and you know what I mean? Like push them a little bit because like, I hate, I always hate those signs because it's so easy to just give up, you know? And um, so we were at a marriage retreat and my staff, and there was a staff sergeant there who um, stood up and he said, you know, one thing about me is I do back, you know, I'm a professional wrestler. And I said, so I went and talked to him. I was like, I didn't believe him because I'm a, a wrestler, a state champion wrestler in uh, amateur uh, freestyle and folk style for high school. So I'm thinking this guy, you know, he's kind of heavy set. I'm like, man, how does he sit out and roll? You know, like that's got to be difficult. But come to find out, it was like, pro wrestling, like, you know, John Cena and all this excitement. So I was like, oh my gosh, I got to see this. So on Saturday, Chris, I kid you not, I went down to Georgia from South Carolina 
And me, my husband, my daughter, we went and watched uh, a wrestling show and I was hooked. Um, the, seeing those babies out there whose parents um, didn't have a pot to piss in, but here they were on Saturdays bringing their kids to these shows is what is right then I knew, like if there was any way I could get in that ring, because a lot of times amateur, like, uh, excuse me, pro wrestling, you know, you, you're dealing with a lot of families who just want to escape. They just want to escape what they're dealing with already. And to think that I could potentially be their escape, but then also throw in the fact that, you know, life's hard and we could still do this. Like I wanted to do it. Um, and so within two weeks I had contact with um, Ted DiBiase, which I didn't know who that was mm -hmm. at the time. After doing some research, the million dollar man himself. And I got, I got lucky, uh, Chris, as far as my route to WWE. Um, but the only thing he could promise me was a, um, which he couldn't even promise me technically, was a potentially a WWE tryout, uh, which was three days in Orlando, Florida. And uh, I was so proud to tell my dad. I was, I, I was just so excited. Um, and yeah, so within that was uh, roughly around March, and by September I had um, my for my my tryout for WWE. You didn't wake up one morning and you were overnight, you know, WWE star. You had to pay your dues. You know, you did that by competing in the Southeastern U.S. Independence before finally signing with WWE in 2016. What was that like? Oh, what a journey. Um, and people, you know, a lot of people have different journeys to WWE. Um, mine was quite different. I was uh, in the developmental center for a few years. And this whole time, you know, I'm trying to learn this trade. I'm trying, you know, here I am. I come from a, like a serious upbringing. I didn't really play around or pretend or do anything. I was, all I had in my life was hard work and I didn't have time to kind of play around, you know, I, but for the first time in my life, here I am, I'm getting to like kind of relax. You know, I went from the military and SRT and, you know, the mindset, my whole life of fight or flight. And that's like a thing, like to all of a sudden, I don't have to fight anymore and I don't have to flight and I'm okay. And that was really hard to like, to kind of accept, you know, but it was just such, such a blessing that I could just be WWE superstar Lacey Evans with these big hats. And I didn't have to carry the weapons and have the mindset of like, I have to survive. And I have my, even as a child, you know, you have to survive this. You have to get through this. Um, you know, when dealing with addicts, you know, that the fight or flight in your mind is so heavy. Um, and with mental health and the physical and mental abuse and, and here I am and I don't have to worry about that anymore. Um, I took a very hard hit, um, two months before my WWE tryout when my father overdosed on the, um, okay. Okay. on everything. He, he lost the battle. So I had to all of a sudden accept that, go into WWE and be a WWE superstar. And it was just so heavy because at a time where I'm supposed to be so blessed and have the best life in the world, it was the most painful because I worked so hard to show and just for him to be proud of me and show him and beg him and, and just try to maybe think and he'd snap out of it or he would not and he didn't. And the mental health and the drugs um, took my dad and he never even got to see my success or my daughter being the little lady that she is now. And that's the hardest thing to struggle with. But what a lot of people don't know 
is that through through the tryout and into NXT, I would be at live shows with WWE to perform. And I multiple times would get phone calls of, you know, my siblings and my family overdosing and I and I have to leave to go to them to pick them up. So I'm I'm dealing with and, and carrying so much weight because losing my father, I lost that battle because I did everything I could to to for him not to do it. And you think you know it's uh, it's my fault. What could I have done? But there's really nothing you can do. And and as I get these phone calls of my loved ones that are, you know, they she overdosed and you know they're they're stable now. But and I'm sitting there you know, backstage in the locker room and I've got my makeup on and I'm ready to perform. And I've got this phone call many, multiple times. And so finally, Chris, it got to the point where I had to make a decision and I could no longer, and it was one of, like I said, one of the hardest ones. I could no longer just leave Chris. I couldn't just leave my job and, and my daughter anymore. And I couldn't run to, to them anymore because damn it, I'm tired, and, and my mental health can't take this anymore. You can lead a horse to water, like I said, but you can't make them drink. So for the first time, and I'll never forget, it was uh, in um, Jacksonville, Florida. I made a decision that I wasn't even going to tell my coaches about this one. I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to perform for these fans because if there might be two in that crowd – that are struggling and I need to make it. I need to make it to the main roster. I need to be successful because those parents out there that are struggling and that are abusing drugs and have mental health. And if they hear my story, damn it, then maybe they won't take their last breath and leave their kids in a blubbering mess. Like I am backstage at a time where I should be so proud of myself. And so and it may, and, and, and with the kids too, the kids that are out there working and wanting to, wanting to be somebody and wanting a, a life that was just happiness. It's not all about success and money, but people deserve to be happy. And if I continue to run after these family members and just drop everything that I've got, I said, you know what? In my mind, I told myself they have her stable. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to perform tonight. And when I'm done, I'll leave and I, I will get to the hospital and, you know, and do what I need to do because it's something that I'm, I know very well. But right now I'm going to get out there and I'm going to give it everything that I have because if I don't, there are going to be thousands of people out there that could possibly never hear my story and never, never um, heal from what they're, they're, they're dealing with. And I think that that was the, one of the pivotal moments in my life as a mom, as a woman, as somebody who suffers herself was to make that decision to stay there and perform instead of running again and running again, because, uh, now I, uh, mentally am in a better place. And as far as family and the impact that I, that I can have on them, you know, at some point you have to weigh your struggles and what you're dealing with in order to be the mom that your daughter needs. You're the wife that your husband deserves and needs and, the WWE superstar that these fans need. I, I had to make that decision. So I was dealing with that my whole, whole NXT career. And, uh, somehow by the grace of God made it to Monday night raw and can continue to, you know, tell the world that it does not matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what you've been through. You can become anything that you set your mind to. 
And no matter what cards that you're dealt, you make the decision of what game to play with them. Alicia, our show is on empowerment and well-being. And, and one of the questions I had uh, was if there's a lesson about personal empowerment out there for our listeners. But quite honestly, your life story is that lesson. And it truly is a playbook. Uh, and I know it can be painful. And so for sharing all of this with us, uh, it's truly appreciated, not only by myself, but all of our, our listeners. And so you are an incredible role model. Uh, as a father, I can tell you that yours is proud of you. And keep your head up high. Thank you so much, Chris. No, of course. It's my honor. Let's go over to the WWE a little bit more. You know, you've talked about SWAT teams. You've talked about wrestling being state champion. You talked about training, you know, for what I'll call the minor leagues, then to the, the major leagues of WWE. What's your training regimen look like? Um, I mean, it, it's different. It fluctuates. But right now, um, you know, you've got to have the discipline, especially when you get to Raw or SmackDown, um, because you don't have the support of like the developmental center, the performance center, which is an amazing state of the art facility. Um, because now that you're, you know, you're on raw or SmackDown, you're on the road. So COVID obviously changes it, but you have to have the discipline to get out there and, and have a regimen as far as working out and eating. And, um, so that's kind of difficult for a mom because my daughter is not going to eat green beans and, and baked chicken all the time. And my husband is a hardworking man and he loves his chicken fried steak. So <laughs> I just have to have discipline. You know, I have to um, get a workout in every day, um, no matter where I'm at, uh, whether it's a hotel, whether it's my front yard. Literally um, yesterday, I took my kid to a dirt bike track because she has her first race and I had no gym equipment, nothing. So I literally had to get my cardio push-ups. You know, I was doing dips on, on the picnic table to you know, because like I said, I, you're juggling a lot. So for me personally, as a mom, as a wife, as a business owner, as a WWE superstar, I look at my schedule each day and I figure out where I could fit a workout in, even if it's with weights or not, which is another thing. You know, no excuses, you guys. They, you are like you have the ability to make it happen no matter what. And so I always bring a sweater with me so I can get a good sweat in no matter where I'm at on the road. And, uh, and gyms have been closed at hotels recently, unfortunately, but that's, like I said, it's hot outside. So there's my sauna and, uh, I'll just start running around the pool while my daughter swims. I've done that a lot. I just got to make, make it work. You know, um, there's no excuses. So, you know, as long as I get something in every day, um, and I make good eating decisions while making sure my family's happy is another hard one. Um, and lots of water, hydrate your nasties because uh, you need it. It's good for the skin. It's good for the mental health. It's good for everything. Always have a water with some lemon. <laughs> <laughs> Great advice. Your Twitter account reads, Sassy Southern Bell, United States Marine Corps veteran, military police, motivator, mommy, your role model. There's always a big debate about whether athletes should be or are role models, you know, especially for kids. Do you feel a responsibility, first of all, to be a role model and even inspiration, especially not just for kids, but for girls? Absolutely. Um, especially as a mom, because I, I, you know, I see what fame will, looks like and I know the truth behind all of it. And when it comes in light, I'm a big advocate on mental health. I'll tell you that obviously, um, but it's hard for, for children to grow up looking at famous people and they but they have a big impact on these lives and 
So one of the hardest things for me, Chris, is when I'm a bad guy on TV because I am a sassy, mean woman, but it's my job to tell a story. So, you know, I, I take that very, very, very serious. You know, I want to be good at what I do. I want to be good at my job. But with that same, on that same sentence, I want to make sure that these babies that are out there dealing with, you know, body issues and mental issues and that are, have these hard upbringings that they have outlets that they can look. And so I use my platform and my social media um, because it's my job to be able to set that proper example because mental health's not going nowhere. Hard days aren't going anywhere. And millions and millions of people mothers out there. Let me tell you, I get my butt kicked left and right. I am exhausted. Rick, I don't know if they can't see me, but all you moms out there, I, I've got this cute little teacup and I've got my red lip on, my mascara's running already, but inside this cup is not a hot tea with a lemon slice. It's Red Bull and I, and it's literally <laughs> like that is social media for you because I am tired. My daughter is homeschooled. Like, the gymnastics and the homeschooling and the dirt bike lessons and WWE superstar. And like, I have so much that I have to do, but you know what? I'm going to pour myself a Red Bull and I, and I use, make sure to tell them that the, all this makeup can is, is going to be washed off. You know, this dress, I'm going to take it off and go put some sweatpants on and I'm going to get back out in my garden and I'm going to continue homeschooling my kid. And I'm going to chug this Red Bull because it's not freaking tea this it's a, like you know that's life <laughs> and so yeah i have a priority to use my platform to not only do my job but also tell those babies out there and those tired parents out there and like it beauty's only skin deep honey but you know what you, mental health and your mind and your heart and being a good human being and doing the best you can every day for yourself and motivation like that's what i want to use my platform for but it's hard to juggle, you know, because one minute I'm telling all the nasties in WWE that they couldn't stand toe to toe with me, which let's let's be honest, Rick. It's not it's not a lie. Um, but, you know, and then on that same breath, tell the world out there, you know, keep your head up, do what's right and keep pushing. And so, you know, that's where that's the struggle for me, honestly. Well, you seem to be balancing it all unbelievably well. Uh, hats off to you, your husband, your daughter. Uh, she's very lucky. Uh, we're lucky to have you on the show. Um, it really has just been an incredible journey with walking through you today and listening uh, to your incredible success, how you got there. And, and I'm really interested to see what the next 20 years for you look like and, and the next successes you'll have. Uh, so welcome uh, again. Thank you for being here today. This is Next Step Forward. I'm Chris Meek with the lady of WWE, Lacey Evans. Take care. I'm looking forward to seeing you next week, taking your next steps forward. Thank you, Lacey. Thank you, Chris. Y'all have a good one. You as well. Thanks for tuning in to Next Steps Forward. Be sure to join Chris Meek for another great show next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, make things happen in your life.